This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes Podcast. You're listening to episode number 30. And on this episode, we have a special guest with us who hails from the province of Ontario in Canada. Uh, his name's Kevin Hastings. Now, Kevin is a stalwart in a few different leagues. He's worked in the American Hockey League since 2002. He's also just completed, or he's, I guess he's going into his 20th year of service in the Ontario Hockey League. And along the way, he's picked up a few awards, the Mike Condon Award, the Ken Bowden Distill Award uh, for character, uh, the character award, I guess, for officials. He's done, you know, four Memorial Cups and plenty more uh, of, you know, really interesting stuff. He's worked the Calder Cup Finals, but I'm going to save some of this stuff for Kevin. But Kevin, I want to welcome you on to the uh, Team Stripes podcast. Great. Thank you very much for having me, man. So, Kevin, we've been meaning to have you on the show for a while because uh, I know you, you're quite a legend, uh, at least in our, in, our ne- in our neck of the woods. But, Kevin, I'm just wondering for the listeners at home, just uh, how did you kind of uh, get your start in officiating? Well, I'll tell you, it was uh, right at the end of my playing career. I was uh, playing in the Central Hockey League, and I uh, decided to come home. It was probably late December, early January, and... Uh, I came home and uh, a gentleman by the name of Val Daw, who was uh, pretty much like the referee in chief of the Ontario Hockey Association, uh, he mentioned he called me up and said, uh, how'd you like to be a linesman? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to stay in the game. And uh, he said, okay, no problem. And uh, he said, well, you have a junior A game tomorrow night. Meet this guy. I'll have some gear for you. And I met up with a fellow official by the name of Terry Hobart. He had some gear for me. We went and did a tier two game, and I guess uh, that was the rest of English history. I've been doing it ever since. And so uh, we like to ask the question, but uh, I mean, did you kind of have that 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 you know? Did you want to become a professional player when you were involved in the game, or was refereeing sort of you know a happy coincidence that you got into? I mean, like, what's kind of the what was the kind of the career path for you? Well, I think that, you know, I mean, I think as a young kid, you know, me and what's like in Canada and that, you always want to aspire to, you know, you always think maybe one day growing up, yeah, maybe I could play in the National Hockey League or that. But, it, you know, I mean, I was never good enough to play, you know, me in, in, in the NHL. And um, I know uh, in the last couple of years when I was at the University of Guelph playing, um, I, you know, I went to school with Steve Barton and, uh, they used to have a couple pops after games. Like he would, he would work our games there and line us and talking to guys, uh, Kevin Pollock and just talking about officiating that. And I started getting interested in officiating uh, my really in my last year at the university of Guelph and, uh, wanted to pursue it. And I was going to get set up and start doing it. But then I got a chance to go down playing the central league so I, I held it off a bit and I went down, but as soon as I came home, I was excited coming home from the States. I knew I was going to get into it and, uh, I was pretty excited about it. And so what was it that really made you want to become an official? Was it, uh, 
was it just something you always were interested in being as a player and, and talking to guys like Steve Barton or was there, was there a certain draw for you? Um, I think, you know, I mean, as a, as a player, uh, you know, I played on the edge a lot and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't shy of, uh, hitting the penalty box here and there, but I always had a, I always had a respect for the officials and I always seemed to get along with the officials, whether it was, you know, guys wrestling or guys lining, I'd see the master. And I had friends that, uh, were at officiating when uh, the guy played with Joel Washcrack years ago in junior and he had gone made the transition and we talked about it. You know, I mean, and it was something I coaching didn't really interest me and, uh, other sides of hockey didn't interest me in like management or anything like that. I wanted to stay on the ice. I wanted to stay active and, and, and pursue being on the ice. And so that's what got me excited about staying in a fit, you know, staying in hockey. It was getting into officiating. That was my, that was my main goal once I structured to get into it. And I guess it's going to be tough because, I mean, I look at your resume and you've been, you've been pretty much everywhere. I mean, like I said, Calder Cups, you've gone to Memorial Cups. I mean, looking back at the career and obviously you're still, you're still going strong, but like, is there some big highlights for you looking back, uh, you know, special memories? Yeah, it's been, like you said, 20 years in the OHL and uh, coming on uh, the 17, 18 years in the American Hockey League, there's been great memories. I think for me, uh, I mean, every day going to the rink is a, is a memory because you're with the guys, you're with the best talent in the world on the ice, whether it's in junior or the next up and coming guys that are going. But, um, you know, I, I think I obviously working the Memorial Cups were always special. Um, you know, I worked a couple of Memorial Cup finals um, in 2008, being able in my hometown in Kitchener here to work the Memorial Cup final. That, that, that one's pretty up there. Um, obviously, the, uh, the 03 Calder Cups was fun. Myself and Mark Suchuk, we got to work uh, games uh, one, two, six, and seven. And game two was the one where we went, I think, seven and a half, eight periods. Got off the ice at like 10 after one. That was a... Uh, that was pretty memorable. That, uh, that was a, that was a fun night. Ones like that. So ones like that stand out. And then I think the, with a lot of the good memories are just all the fellow officials I've been able to work with over the years. You know, I mean, whether I'm still working with the guys or guys are retired and now, you know, some guys are you're my, my supervisors, uh, you know, working with those guys, but working with all the young guys, I mean, it's it's about going to the rink and having fun, and that's why I've kept that motto for 20 years in the OHL. You know, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? So, as long as you're working hard and having fun, those are the best memories. And for you, was there any like special relationships with you? I mean, I know you've worked with guys, uh, you know, like Terry Koharski, who's another veteran of the American League. I mean, is there is there those special relationships that you've you've built with 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 certain guys over the year? Yeah, it's, you know, Brandon, it's, you, you, it's weird because in my situation, you know, I mean, I have all my childhood friends. We, all, we have a tight-knit group of guys. And then I got my playing friends where I keep in touch. Some of my best friends in the world are guys I played with. And we're still, we live close together or we always meet up or this and that. But then I have my officiating family and the friends I've made in the last 20 years with those guys, like, you know, guys like TJ Luxmore, Jason Face is a good friend of mine who we spend a lot of time together, you know, in our area. There's, there's so many people that 
you mean you got to try and balance it's it's like a balancing act where you gotta you know pick where you're gonna go here or there and what group of friends but that one thing the fishing the fishing world is like a brotherhood and everybody sticks together like you said terry koharski i've known terry a long time and every time i see his name come up on the schedule uh, you just you know yeah i i look forward to it because you know you're going to go and do the best job you can on the ice but you're you're also working with a quality individual where you're going to have a lot of fun with and I got to ask you because uh, I'm curious. Obviously, you've 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 you know you've been around a couple of leagues for for a long time. I mean, the American League, like you said, I, I think you said coming on to your 17th season, the OHL 20. I mean, at one point, is it just a, is it just a competition to see who you can outlast? I mean, you've been going for forever now. Um, yeah, it seems like that sometimes. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, as long as you keep yourself, you know, in, in good shape and you, you keep your mind healthy and your body healthy, uh, you know, it's, I, I always go back to the fact that you got to have fun and, you know, you, you work with guys and other people, you know, mean with younger guys, even older guys, they may have different dreams and aspirations of going on, you know, the ultimate goals for guys could be the national hockey league. And you can see, you know, I mean, Sometimes they don't, that doesn't work out and then they get down and then they retire from officiating. You know, I've been in that route and being close, but it didn't work out. And I think for myself, I, you know, you get to work the best hockey in the world outside of the NHL. And you get to go to the rink every day and left the best players and, you know, kids outside of the NHL. And that's what I've kind of modeled myself and working with the young guys and having fun and enjoying it. Because if there's if you're not having fun, you're in it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I'm just curious because I think we have a, a lot of listeners out there that have to, you know, balance work with with hockey, with family, lots of different things. And you know, you look at you know you know officials that are working in the NHL. You know, that's their full time job. You know, and they can focus on training. They they have that flexibility a little bit, but. I'm just curious if you might be able to offer some advice since you've been working in some of these top leagues in the world for, for, you know, almost two decades. And, you know, we have to, you know, somebody in your position would have to balance, you know, full-time work with officiating. I mean, can you offer any advice for those folks out there that have to balance between, you know, officiating and, and their, their regular lives, I guess? Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a juggling act. Like, uh, you know, being at the city of Kitchener, uh, coming on actually 18 years now as an arborist, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate and I'm fortunate with our hours. We're Monday to Friday, seven to three, but you, you have to play a juggling act. Like you can't, you're obviously going to get run down. Like if you're running the highways in the OHL throughout the week or on the weekends and that, like sometimes I'll get home at, you know, two thirty, maybe three o'clock in the morning and I'm up at six to go to work. Mm. Um, I, I think when you have a chance to have some downtime, I take my, you know, I'm 46 years old now. I have my chances. I take my downtime. Um, I, uh, it's important. I, I think it's important. Somebody taught me this years ago is that when you, when you get into the officiating world and, you know, mean everybody's ultimate goal would like to be the National Hockey League, but it's fine and dandy to be able to focus 100% and 100% on that. But you have to have something else in your life. And I think that's how I juggled with it. I had work and I had hockey. So I could go to work, take my mind off hockey. And when work was done, I could switch, you know, 
my brain on into hockey mode and go do hockey. Like I've seen guys in the past where they put all their eggs in one basket and hockey, 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 and uh, they burn themselves out and it, it doesn't work out for them. And then they're disgruntled and they're frustrated by it. So I think you just got to play a juggling act, you know, mean and find your happy medium between work, family, and you got to have people at home too that are supportive. We're going to look after, you know, when you're away and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. And just curious, I mean, have you, have you learned over your years how to be, maybe be, you know, efficient with workouts and, and, you know, be able to really treat your body correctly? I mean, is there certain things that you might focus on with off season training or training during the season that helps you kind of be efficient with, with that time that you have? Yeah. You know, you gotta, we all like to enjoy life and we all like our, uh, we all like our bud lights, but you know, mean you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, like this, you gotta find the happy medium and you gotta look after yourself. You know, if you want to keep going and have a, you know, a long career, you gotta look after yourself. You can't, you can't get out of shape and try and play that juggling act where you gotta go up and down. Just keep, I, I find with myself to keep a, a steady, a steady pace. You know what I mean? Like to ride the bike a lot and stuff like that. In the season, it's a little tougher, like with work and, uh, I mean, with games and that, because if you're doing three, four games a week on top of work, it's all, it's, it's, it's a juggling act of, you know, getting from work to the rink and so forth. But, you know, there's tons of guys that do it. You just have to find that, that even keel that can get you through the whole year. Yeah. And I wanted to come back for a minute uh, because we, we kind of highlighted early on in the show that, you know, you've won a couple awards and I know that, uh, for most officials, generally, you know, they're pretty humble individuals. And I'm just curious if you could talk about, um, you know, maybe, you know, what it's like to, to receive some of, you know, this sort of uh, these sort of awards, I guess, for, for, for working and being recognized for your for your service. I know we mentioned there's the two awards at the least there. There's the Mike Condon and there's the Ken Bowden Distill Award. I mean, could you talk about the experience of being able to receive these sort of recognitions? Well, you know, obviously, first off, like uh, last year when I was when I won the Conan Award in the American Hockey League, obviously you're humbled. Um, I mean, that's picked on that award's picked by the uh, board of governors and and the teams and that and with the American Hockey League support. But you're obviously humbled, and uh, it's 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 something that I never thought. You know, um, I think I think I'm the first Canadian to ever win it. Um, it just, it, I was humbled by it. And, but to win the award, to win any award, it's, you have to, you know, you have to have the support of your whole team and that's the officiating team. And I mean, it, it, it's just not me winning that award. The, for me, it's the whole, our crews, I go with night in and night out winning it. Um, for this year, winning the uh, Bodie award in the Ontario hockey league, uh, that's voted on by all the officials on staff and, uh, you know, I love each guy on staff. And, you know, I mean, if they they're the ones choosing who the award is, and I, you know, I'm, once again, I'm humbled by it, and uh, you know, it's a great honor. As uh, Ken uh, Ken was a really close uh, person in my career when I got into the hockey into hockey league, who uh, he pushed me and um, he was hard on me, but we were also really close friends. So it was pretty gratifying uh, winning that in his honor. And uh, I wanted to shift a little bit because, you know, obviously when you when you kind of and I mentioned earlier, you know, you're kind of a legend in our area, our neck of the woods. But just when you when you 
you know, get to that sort of veteran status. And we touched on it a little bit before the show. I mean, you're kind of thrust into that mentor mentor role a lot, which, you know, for younger officials, you might not have to pull that double duty, so to speak. I mean, can you talk about maybe your role maybe as a mentor now to younger officials or, you know, officials going through the ranks and just, you know, what your outlook on that has been? Yeah, it, you know, it, the most gratifying thing I'm getting out of, it, out of officiating now is uh, in my area uh, alone, I mean, uh, in the Ontario League and even with the American Hockey League now in Toronto or in Belleville, we're, you know, being we unfortunately get to work together last year, both leagues have me more in a mentoring role to work with the young guys. And I've done that for probably about the last 10 years in the OHL, and I really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love working with the young guys. Like, I always, I always think that, you know, if you think you're done learning, then, you know what, your career's coming to an end. I'm still learning. You know, I mean, after all these years, I'm still learning new things. There's always something you can do different. And if I can pass on what the, the Ken Coxes, and the Jim Carmens, and these veteran officials, Bill Prisniak, they taught me when I got into this. Um, that I enjoy doing that, you know. And you know, I mean, some three linesmen in our area recently, like uh, starting with Devin Bird, we probably worked almost 100 games together in two years. Uh, then in two years, Andrew Smith, uh, Smitty's a good buddy of mine, and so is Birdie, worked probably another 100 games together in two years. And and then this year, Tyson Baker, we worked a lot together. And then to see those three guys have gone on to the National Hockey League now, you know, that, to me, that's, I think that, that's even better for me and more gratifying to see these guys move on and go up to the top level that they can go to than winning awards or doing Memorial Cups or other Cups. Because I don't, I feel like I, I like to get back and help and have fun and work with the young guys. Like, it's, there is no more, you know, greater satisfaction than seeing helping somebody and then going to the next level. Yeah. And uh, I'm just curious because, you know, we always, you know, a lot of folks that listen to this podcast are, you know, aspiring officials and want to go further. I mean, you mentioned guys like, you know, Devin Berg and, and, and Smith and, you know, when you started working with these guys, is do you have a sense early on when you start working with them that they have that potential to go far? I mean, like, is there something that clicks in your mind that says, wow, this guy's a great skater, this guy has, you know, great communication? I mean, what are those certain things to you that that stuck out about these guys that, that really made you think they could have a career at this? I think the biggest thing was their commitment to the game, their, and their, their commitment to uh, physical condition, and just their commitment to getting better. And, and listening and being up for, you know, hear new situations to talk about, maybe positioning in that. You got to be a sponge, whether you've been in the league for six months or 20 years. You got to be a sponge because there's always somebody, you know, out there that may have done something different at a different level that it may make more sense. And I think with those guys, they really wanted to learn. They wanted to you know, they wanted to, they wanted to get better. And you could tell right away, like, obviously, yeah, they're physically into this and they're skating and just their eagerness to, to want to do it. You know, you, you, you always got to be a sponge, whoever you are. You always, you got to always take stuff in because there's always going to be some information. It may not all be that's going to help you, but maybe grab 5% of it 
and take it in. And th- those guys, they, they, you know, they listen. And, you know, I mean, there's other guys in our area, Patrick Nicholson to Garrett Rang, Scott Cherry, like the area that I'm in here, it's, it's being pretty good of guys going on to the next level in the national hockey league. You know, uh, like I said, TJ Luxmore is, you know, a good friend of mine and we worked a lot of hockey together and, you know, he had to make some tough choices and go down south and work and so that. But his eagerness in wanting to be the best and get to the next level, well, he did it. So it, that's what has, you guys have in common. And I know there's a lot of talk out there, guys, like, you know, you got you to gotta play here, you this, and that. If you're that good, they will find you. It's the same as being a player. If, if you go out and excel and do everything that you can, Trust me, there'll be somebody in the crowd there that'll be like, hey, look at this kid. This kid's good. And yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. And, and this is a bit of a deeper question, but uh, that that's that skill set of being able to, just like you say, be a sponge and to learn. I mean, is that something that you find it, it's you either have it or you don't? Or is that something that you can kind of learn with time? I mean, I know a lot of officials, you know, we can tend to be pretty headstrong at times and not be willing to, to, to learn. But I mean... In your perspective, is that something that you know you either have or you don't, or is that something where you can pick it up and, and improve it as as you kind of grow within the game? Yeah, definitely. I, I you know I don't think you. I think you know a lot of people have it, a lot of people don't. But the people that don't have it, you can adapt, and you can have it. Where you just got to open up your mind a little bit and 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 take things in that people are trying to to offer and help you. That you know. You're right. There are a lot of headstrong officials out there, and you know they don't want to. They don't want to hear something different. They want to. They want to. You know the rule book or the case book. It may say this, but that book isn't out on the ice. Whether you're standing or nothing or a penalty call, feel for it. You got to be. You got to be willing to. You know, me open up your mind a little bit. I think, and you know. Take advice and be, and like you said, be be a sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you kind of have the unique experience to be able to work a league like the American Hockey League, which is you know a professional league, but then also get to to work with some of the best young stars that are going to be coming up with the Ontario Hockey League. And I guess it's sort of the same thing with with officials, where you kind of get the taste of of both sort of uh, of both leagues. And I'm just curious. I mean, you know looking at these OHL linesmen predominantly that you're working with, is there, is there certain pointers that you're able to kind of bring to them to improve their officiating? Like, is it, is it something like face-offs? Is it, is it positioning? I mean, is there certain things that you uh, tend to look at for, for these linesmen you work with? Well, yeah, definitely. But first off and foremost, it's hustle and work. Mm-hmm. You, you know what, maybe there's Tuesday night games where you're somewhere and you think, Oh man, you know, I can go a little less tonight of that. You can't be like that. You got to go work every game like it's your last game. And that, that, that's what shines. Like, cause at these levels in the American League, the OHL, everybody's working a high level of hockey. What are you going to do to make you stand out and be noticed by somebody in the stands or somebody on TV where they're going to look and say, wow, look at that guy. He is. You know, he's working hard, he's his positioning, everything. Mm-hmm. I think for all young officials, I'll say, do something that's going to make you stand out. Whether, you know, whether it's a nice clean 
weave off on an offside or that instead of a droopy just oh yeah okay you know onside do a specific show it make yourself stand out make the difference like it's not showing up a partner as a wolf or as a linesman working together but just make yourself stand out that's that's the biggest thing and always always be working don't coaches gms when they see officials out and yeah you know what we all have bad days all bad day at work but when they see that they reflect on that and they'll you know they don't like that the players are working hard the officials should be working harder and there's kind of a one topic I wanted to ask you about because I think you know when you get to to be you know that in that veteran status I guess as an official I mean I think you might have a, a better you know a better I guess chance maybe to get, a, get across your message to players and coaches and just to be able to communicate you know really well and to to you know make teams understand certain calls or just you know whatever along the lines of communication but I'm just curious in that regard. Do you have certain advice maybe for, for officials out there in terms of improving their communication and, and building that rapport? Yeah, you know, communication is huge, whether it's with the players or whether it's with the coaches. Listen, we're only human. I've had screw-ups. Everybody's had screw-ups. I think the worst thing that you can do as an official, you know you know in your heart if you've made the wrong call, whether it's a bad penalty call, a bad icing call, there's a tight offside, whatever, any kind of situation in hockey. The part where I've seen guys, and I think everybody's probably seen it, that they try to go over and defend themselves if they don't time out, and they just, and the coaches come, whatever everyone thought, and you're like, oh no, I saw this thing say, but clearly it was on. Owning up and saying, hey, I made the wrong call. That's it. They're not going to yell at you anymore. You you tell them what they want. Hey, you made a bad call. You're right. I did. I made a bad call. What's you? You know, what's he going to say to you? Get better next time? I, I own up to what, you know, to what you did. But then on the flip side of that, there's a time and a place for communication. You don't always have to be talking to the players or the coaches. I, I think it's easier, like myself, 20 years, and seeing like, you know, the best one I'll see, for example, is Terry Koharski on the ice. You know, Terry can go out there with a cup of coffee in his hand and the coaches, Koho, how are you? That, but he's made that report because of years around. I've made that report from years being around so long. Young guys, I think you got to pick your time and your place when you got to go, you know, if a coach is home, stay away from the bench. If everything's fine and he wants a question, you can come with him. If you got a chance, go over and talk to him. Everything's okay. But don't be sucked over to the bench or, or whining the players, like the players whining to officials. You don't always have to go to them. We're the ones in the strikes. If there's a time and a place and it's cool and calm, and no problem. But I, I, communication sometimes, you got to get where the feel of the game is. You got to find that happy medium of when you can talk and when you can't. And sometimes guys will get in trouble. They'll try and talk when it's not the time to talk. So that's a big thing you got you know, to teach guys when's the right time and when's the wrong time. Right. That's, you know, that's pretty much it. I think that's that's really good advice because I think a lot of the time we, we focus on what you know what to say as opposed to when maybe to say it and not to, not to have to jump in every time and you know uh, you know have to chat at every situation possible. Um, but hundred percent. Yeah. You know when you hear coaches yelling, players that the best was years ago in the Ontario Hockey League. 
Chile would yell and scream at the officials. It didn't matter if it was a linesman, it didn't matter if it was a referee. He wasn't per se yelling at the officials because he was mad at them. He was yelling at the officials to try and get his team going. And a lot of coaches do that because if their team's not playing well, you know, they can't sit there and berate their players nowadays. So they yell at the officials and then the players are like, oh man, this guy, you know, he's getting fired up. Look at it, he's giving it to but he's trying to go through the referees to get their team going. But then there's also a flip side where you just get complete head cases yelling and screaming at you for no reason. But that's, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll never get rid of that. And that's actually a good point because, you know, as an official, is, is it important for you to recognize when it's a coach blowing off steam versus when it's getting to be more personal or, or you know, criticizing the official, uh, you know, himself or herself? Oh, hundred percent. Like you gotta be able, you gotta be able to decipher when the time. Okay, is he really mad at us, or is he just trying to get his team going? And I think over the years, as you see situations like that, you tend to see you, you'll you'll be able to pick out the times the ones are. Yeah, he's just yelling at us to get the, his players going. But then sometimes they're actually mad. You know, a lot of times they're mad because they called it other way or this and that. I just and then that's when you got to pick your times to go over and talk to them. Whether you got to be stern or you got to be friendly, and ninety percent of the times nowadays, you got to be more stern because you know these guys. Hey, look, it's a beautiful sunny day out. No, it's not. It's cloudy. Well, I can't argue with you anyway, so I'll just turn around straight away. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kevin, coming up to the last little bit of uh, of our podcast here, but. Uh, just curious, anything, you know, this year, is there certain, uh, you know, things you're looking forward to this season or is it just kind of seeing the guys again or what's, uh, what's, what's, what's there to look forward to for, for this season for you? Yeah, looking forward to it. Let's, you know, get it going this weekend. We get going, uh, a couple dudes going this weekend. Yeah, just getting back to the rink, you know, getting the smell of the rink and get the gear on and back seeing the guys, getting in the car, blasting it up and, you know, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a fun time of year. You know, it's been a long. You know, it usually goes till, you know, sometimes the end of May. Uh, so it's a long year, but just yeah, it's it's the best time of year. It's hockey season. You know, let's get it fired up and let's get going. And like everybody, and you know, whatever people set their goals for for the year, whether they want to work a playoff game, whether they want to second round or a third round or whatever, it's uh, the com- and you know, everybody pushing each other. It's that time of year. Let's let's get it going. And uh, as I mentioned, we have a, a lot of uh, younger listeners that are tuning in that you know want to improve their officiating. And for the podcast, usually we like to leave off with with a good uh, a good tidbit of advice that you might have. I mean, do, is there certain something you know specific that you might tell a, a young referee or linesman out there that's uh, that are listening? Yeah, guys, you know it, it's a new year. Go out. Have fun, enjoy yourselves. Don't ever forget that you're you're working hockey. There is, there is no greater thing to do than work hockey. Go out and have fun, but be the best that you can be to the best of your ability, not of your partner's ability or other guys. Be the best that you can be of your ability. You run your show. Go out there and be proud of what you do and work hard. And uh, I don't think you could say it better than that, uh, Kevin. No, we appreciate it. And uh, again, we want to thank uh, Kevin Hastings for joining us on uh, this episode of the podcast. And we certainly wish you, Kevin, all the best for this season and uh, for many years down the road, I'm sure. Lots more in the tank.
Thanks a lot, Brennan. <laughs>